listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene online at bethanynaz.org. We've been talking about this room feeling kind of cavernous. It seats 2,500 people. um, And we've been asking you to move down front. And so for those of you who are moving down front, thanks a bunch. We have come up with a solution, though, for this big room. Let's just fill it up for Jesus. Do you like that idea? And so who do you know that needs a church like this? Uh, Just invite them to come and be with you. You'd be surprised how many people say yes when you invite them to go to church with you. And sometimes they just come on and on and on, and it becomes their church. So be praying, thinking about who you might invite to come, and let's just fill this place for Jesus, okay? Well, let me continue in this series called Words Hurt. Now, when I was a kid growing up, I watched a television show. It was on the air from 1956 to 1978. So if you're like under 40, you're not aware of this show. But somebody told me they've kind of tried to bring it back a bit. In the title, there were four words, okay? Sorry about that, four, not five. Four words. And they all started with the letter T. Do you know what the show was? I'll give you a hint. We're talking about not speaking false truth today. Anybody got an idea? It was a game show. To tell the truth. To tell the truth. You guys continue to amaze me. You're awesome. Wow. Some really old people answered that question. So, so if you're under 40, I've got to explain it. You had a panel of four celebrities, okay, and you had three contestants. And you had a host. And the four celebrities would ask the three contestants questions. Now, one of the contestants had a very unique profession or experience. The other two tried to be deceitful and lie. And the celebrities are trying to figure out which one is telling the truth. Now, here was the rule. The only rule of the game was this. The real person could not lie. They had to tell the truth. And so finally, when the time was up, the celebrities would say, I think it's number one, two, or three. And then they would say, well, the real so-and-so, please stand up. And the imposter would act like they're going to stand. And the other imposter would act like they're going to stand. And then the real person would stand up. Sometimes. Life reminds me of that old television show. And sometimes I feel like in the world I live in, I'm just trying to figure out who's telling the truth and who is shading the truth. And often I walk away from a conversation thinking to myself, I'm not for sure that guy was shooting straight with me. Or I kind of wonder if maybe that person was shading the truth a little bit. Or everything in that conversation did not seem to add up. And sometimes in life, it kind of feels like that old TV show. Where I'm just trying to figure out who's actually telling the truth. So we're in this series called Words Hurt, and I was hanging out with some friends this past week, and that and I took a few days off, and they don't go to church here, but they've been watching the series some, and so every time somebody said something like a little jab or something, maybe just in fun, 
they would always say, hey, words hurt. So maybe around your house you should start, you know, doing that to each other. Hey, words hurt. But anyway, we started the series by just saying, you know, it's amazing from the book of James how that the tongue, a very small part of your body, when you think about how big the rest of your body is, how big of an impact it has. Because with what you say with your mouth, it can really have a huge impact in your life and in your world. And words can sometimes be very hurtful to others. So we've been talking about what's the source behind those hurtful words. And James really says, yeah, it's selfishness. We're pretty selfish people. And we hurt people with our words because we're selfish. And last week, James just said, you know what you ought to do? You should just stop talking critically about other people. You should just stop talking negatively about other people. You should just stop talking harshly about other people. And you should quit judging people. Quit being so judgmental. Let God be the judge. Take off the robe, lay down the gavel, and let God be the judge. Quit speaking so judgmentally of others. This week, we go forward one chapter to pick up one verse to end this series where James talks about speaking falsely. You can really hurt people with your words when you don't tell the truth. And so that's where James goes. So you have to think, where was James and what influenced him? And what influenced him was Jesus. Primarily, Jesus' teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. And there's times when you just lay down the Sermon on the Mount beside the book of James and you go, wow, that looks really familiar. This is one of those verses where James uses Jesus' words verbatim at times and summarizes a section of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And what James envisioned is what Jesus envisioned. And it's a community. The kingdom of God happening on earth. A community where people speak the truth. And James just had this dream like Jesus had a dream. What would it be like to be part of a community like this? And the community was known for telling the truth. And so James just gives us the bottom line. And he says, here's a good life principle. Always tell the truth. So if you're a high school student, maybe you should just always tell the truth. If you're a college student, maybe you should just always tell the truth. If you're a young mom and dad, always tell the truth. If you're getting old like me, tell the truth. If you've gotten really old, just Tell the truth. What if you took this on as a life principle? You know what? I'm not going to shade the truth for any reason. I'm just going to say what's true always. And so that's the principle. James says, what if you just lived by this? What if you just told the truth? So grab your Bible, open it to James chapter 12, and I'm going to start with verse 5. I'm pretty sure. James chapter 12, verse 5, and we'll see what he says. I'm sorry. 5.12. Yeah, there aren't 12 chapters in James, are there? Okay. All right. 5.12. We'll get it right in a minute. But most of all, James says. Now, the, the actual Greek words that he chooses would normally be translated like above everything else. And, and it would be a signal that an author would use to say, of all the things that I've said to this point, this is like the most important thing I've said. So in this entire letter I'm writing you, this is the most important thing. He talks a lot about what we say and how we can hurt people with words. 
And so maybe that's what he means. But there's a debate among scholars that says maybe James just meant like finally. Okay, this is signaling you that I'm coming to the end of the letter. And so while we struggle to understand what James actually meant by the words, we do know that he was very concerned about how we talk to and about other people. Most of all, my brothers and sisters, talking to fellow Christians. So imagine this community of believers. He's talking to a community of believers like us. Brothers, sisters, those of you who are refugees. You've left Jerusalem. You're living in other places because of the fear of persecution. Not only brothers but sisters because women in church world took on different value. So brothers and sisters, not just brothers. And here's what he says. Never take an oath. What do you mean, James? He says, well, not by heaven. There's never a reason for you to ever say, I swear by heaven, I'm telling you the truth. Or by earth. There's never an occasion where any of you would ever need to say, hey, look at my eyes, okay? I swear by this earth that I'm telling you the truth. And, and what is implied that we'll learn in a minute is, is in God's name. There's never a reason for you to say, I swear by God. I'm shooting straight with you right here. There's never a need to do that. Well, if I don't do that, what do I do? And he says, just a simple yes or no. Hey, Rick, are you telling me the truth? Yes. It's true. That's all you need. That's it. Live your life in such a way that you don't need to add anything to it. Just a simple yes or a no. Why, James? James has no trouble calling sin, sin. It would be hard to preach from the book of James and not talk about sin. He's okay to say, when you lie, it's a sin. When you're deceitful, it's a sin. So that you will not sin and be condemned. Because James believes that all sin gets judged by God. So this is God's Word for us today. Alright, so you've come to church on a Sunday morning, and here you are sitting. We've had great worship together. We've gotten to the sermon. And now the preacher stands up, and here's what he says to you guys, okay? And many of you, many of you would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Those of you who would not say, I'm a follower of Jesus, you're probably thinking about becoming a follower of Jesus, or you wouldn't be hanging around like you're hanging around. But many of you would say, oh no, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm into Jesus. I follow Jesus with my life. So why in the world would a guy stand up on Sunday morning looking at a few hundred of you and say, you know what we should do? We should always tell the truth. I mean, is that really needed? I mean, really, if you're a follower of Jesus, do you really need somebody to stand up and tell you, you know what, you should tell the truth. This should be your life principle. You should always tell the truth. Don't say the truth, just tell the truth. And why in the world would it be important that we would say that on a Sunday morning to a bunch of people who follow Jesus? And the reason is 
Because people lie a lot. And you might have some fun going online and looking at studies of people telling lies. And you'll come to understand that it's not like people lie once in a while. People lie a lot. And a lot of studies that psychologists do would tell you that many people lie many times a day. Not only many times a day, but many people would lie many times in one conversation. Well, why do people lie? Why do people shade the truth? And psychologists would say, sometimes it's rooted in self-esteem. I want to be accepted. I want to fit in. Or I would like to maintain a level or reach a level of social status. And so I'm going to make myself appear to be a little better than I am so you will think a little more of me than you do. And if I make myself sound a little better than I am, then maybe you will accept me and maybe I can maintain or gain a certain level of social status. Psychologists say other reasons people lie is because it's rooted in fear. I want to avoid conflict, and so I'm just going to shade the truth a little bit to avoid the conflict. Or I want to avoid confrontation. And so I'll shade the truth a little bit to avoid the confrontation. Or I would really like to avoid embarrassment. And so I'm going to shade the truth a little bit to avoid embarrassment. It's not a big lie. It's just a little lie. So it's kind of a sad commentary, but it's true. And so everybody, everybody in the room, look up now at the screen. People tend to distort the truth to their own advantage. Without the grace of God in our fallen nature, this is humanity. People tend to distort the truth to their own advantage. So if you're a junior high student or if you're 80 years old in the room this morning, nobody is confused and says, I don't get it. I don't understand being tempted to shade the truth a little bit. No, we're all tempted to do it. It's one of the enemy's oldest tricks. We all understand what it is to say something that's not completely true. And just left to our own devices, okay? Without God's grace and our fallen nature, people just tend to distort the truth to their own advantage. Well, you say, what do people lie about? Well, people lie about everything. People lie about their age. That one didn't really take hold, huh? Let me try another one. People lie about their weight. Oh, that one took hold a little bit. I could feel that one. Yeah. People lie about saying, oh, thanks for inviting me, but I already have plans, when in reality they don't really already have plans. People lie to the dentist about how often they floss. And when you open your mouth, the dentist looks at your gums and says, that person doesn't floss. Why do we do that? We sometimes lie about 
being on time somewhere. I'm on my way when really we haven't even left. Or, sorry, I'm late. Traffic was really bad when in reality traffic wasn't that bad. Or, you look great when you really don't look great at all, you know. <laughs> Did you know that people even lie about how much they lie? We lie about how much television we watch. Oh, it's hardly ever on at my house. You know, we just, we just are always being tempted to just shade the truth a little bit. To our own advantage. So, when we dig into where James is, we find something that we're somewhat familiar with. So let me give you an example, okay? I was involved in a, in a business transaction a few months ago, and uh, it involved a piece of property, and so I called a lawyer friend, and I said to him, does this look good to you? Am I okay? Is this all all right? And he goes, yeah, I think it looks good. As long as you have that contract, and he had looked at the contract, and as long as you both sign the contract, and you have a notary, uh, you know, notarizing your signature, I, I think everything's fine. And so we go through the process, and I have my signature notarized, and this person that I really don't know at all, um, a person that knows some people that I knew, but I really don't know this person, uh, he just drug his foot on getting it notarized. And he's wanting me to take the next steps. And, and I'm just confused and I'm beginning to question what's going on. Why won't he sign his name and why won't he have it stamped and why won't we do this on the up and up? And finally I called him one day and I just said, hey, I'm just going to level with you and tell you that it seems to me that you're dragging your feet on signing the document and having it notarized. And so I, uh, I just want to know if something's up. And he goes, wow, you're going there. He said, I feel like you're questioning my integrity. I said, listen, I have no reason to question your integrity, but I have no reason to affirm your integrity. I don't know you. He said, well, you told me you were a preacher, and I told you that I go to this Bible study, and we've had those conversations, and I said, well, all of that's good. And I don't have any reason to question your integrity, but I don't have any reason to affirm it. And so I'm going to need you to notarize and sign your name. He said, okay. So in James' world and Jesus' world, they had something like that going on. And the process was called the taking of an oath. Okay? And so I'm going to swear by heaven, or I'm going to swear by earth, or I'm going to swear by God, that I will fulfill my end of the agreement. And once I've taken an oath, then the oath becomes binding. Here, here's what happened in James' world, though. They decided that some oaths were not binding, but an oath that involved the name of God was binding. And so if I could trick maybe Timmy into getting in this agreement with me, and Timmy, I'm going to swear by heaven uh, that I'll fulfill my end of the deal, but I didn't swear by God, and that leaves me a little bit of wiggle room, and I don't have to live up to my end of the bargain if it's to my advantage not to. Timmy doesn't know it, but I'm going to be a little bit deceitful here, and I'm going to try to trick Timmy into agreeing on this, but I know in my heart that I've got some wiggle room in this agreement. And in Jesus' day, there were a lot of oaths being taken, which tells you immediately that there was a lot of cheating and lying going on. Because when you think about it, the only reason that you need an oath, 
Number one is if you don't know me. But number two, if you don't trust me. And so you know how, you know, something really good comes along and, and it's kind of cool and neat and somebody's invented something and we love having this and this is a great thing, but then it becomes abused. And somebody finds a way to take this really good thing and make it a bad thing. Or you go to somebody's house and they got this new cookie they bought at the store and you go, wow, wow, that's really tasty. And you buy a bag and you want one and you eat one, but you can't just eat one, you eat 13. And so you say, well, I can't keep buying those because if I buy them, I eat the whole bag, you know. It's a good thing, but you kind of make it into a bad thing. And that's what happened with oaths. They kind of took this really good thing. And it became a bad thing. And so finally Jesus says, you know what, I think you should just stop doing it. So in the, in the Old Testament they weren't forbidden. In fact, at times they were required. And Jesus says, you know what, I think it's just gotten out of hand. I think you should just stop taking oaths. And James says, yeah, what, what he said. You should just stop. And he gives us this alternative way of living. He says, what if you lived your life in such a way? Right? That whenever you said something, people knew it was the truth. In fact, he says it this way. Never take an oath. By heaven or by earth or anything else. You never need to swear again. I swear by heaven it's the truth. I swear by earth it's the truth. I swear by God it's the truth. You don't ever have to say that. Just say a simple yes or a simple no. What if you lived your life in such a way that people knew if you said it, it was the truth because you were known for telling the straight up truth every time. So uh, every time it comes up, people say to me, hey, uh, hey Rick, um, that passage you preached from today about not swearing. So I had to go to court not long ago. And I was a witness for something. And so they asked me to uh, swear after I raised my right hand that I would tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So should I have not done that? Is James like saying we shouldn't do that kind of thing as Christians? So I think James had this, this bigger picture in mind, and, and, and we can debate that, but I think that James was dreaming. I think James envisioned a community. I think James had in mind that what if, what if all of us who say we follow Jesus Christ, what if we were known for telling the truth? And what if when our neighbors drug us to court to testify, what if our neighbors said, you know what, you don't need to have him swear, he's all good, because... I've never known him to do anything but tell the truth. Christians always tell the truth. You can count on them. See, see that's what James was envisioning. A community where people just tell the truth. You know what's better than an oath? Character. 
character. This is who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. And so I can't say to you, Oh, I already have plans if I don't already have plans. I can't tell you my phone died if my phone didn't die. I can't say, i got to go because my phone's about to die if it's not about to die. I can't shade the truth anywhere. I just don't. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm just going to tell the truth. Even if I don't want to hurt your feelings, the truth is still the truth. And I am compelled to tell the truth. And everybody here, everybody's looking at me and you're thinking about your own life right now because you realize that there are so many times when you're tempted just to shade the truth just a little. And if I shade the truth just a little, then, then maybe it doesn't lower me in their mind. If I shade the truth just a little, maybe I can maintain the status I have now. If I shade the truth a little, maybe I can avoid some embarrassment. If I shade the truth just a little, maybe I won't hurt their feelings. And James says, what if you just always, in love, spoke the truth? Always. Just tell the truth. James never has a problem going to a, a difficult place. And he, and he does it again here in the very last part of the verse. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin. James has no trouble saying, you know what lying is? It's really sin. You know what being deceitful really is? It's sin. So James, what's the big deal with sin? You get judged because of sin. That's what the big deal is with sin. Your sin condemns you. God judges all sin. You don't want to sin. Sin's a big issue. So you've got to stop sinning. And if you're not telling the truth, it's a sin. And you've got to stop. So, two questions here, okay? The first one... Have you ever been lied to or deceived by somebody in the faith? Somebody in the community of believers? Rick, this person goes to church every Sunday and uh, maybe they go to my church. But they lied to me. They deceived me. They hurt me deeply. So the chances are good that everybody in the room has a story like that. What do you do with that? Let me tell you something. You can't carry it. It just gets too heavy. It will rob you of everything good in life. And at some point, you just got to say, you know what? I'm just going to put it down. I'm just going to give that to Jesus. Did you know that you can forgive someone without them even knowing that you've forgiven them? I'm not going to carry this around anymore. This person has hurt me. This person lied to me. This person deceived me. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to set it down. I'm just going to give it to Jesus. When I walk out the door in a few minutes, I am not walking out with that in my hands. I am leaving it here with Jesus. I forgive that person and I move forward 
with my life. I think the second issue is this. Just to simply pray this morning a prayer that says, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, look deep into the chambers of my heart and show me what is there in this conversation about telling the truth. I don't want to do anything but be honest with you, God, and myself. Am I guilty? Do I shade the truth? Do I flat out lie? Am I deceitful at times? And God, whatever you show me, I'm going to deal with. And it may be that before you walk out the doors this morning, you feel a deep need in your spirit to say, God, forgive me for lying. Forgive me for shading the truth. Forgive me for not being honest. I am wrong. And then begin to envision a community. A community that is known for telling the truth. So why don't you stand with me, okay? Lots of ways to pray. One of the ways that we pray is with music, with songs. And so I'm going to ask the Lord to help us, and then we're going to pray together as we sing. So Father, help somebody here today, many people here today, who have been lied to, who have been deceived, who have been hurt, just to say, you know what? I'm going to leave it here. I'm not carrying it any longer. It's too heavy. It weighs me down. It makes my life less. And so, Lord, I forgive, and I leave it here. And I realize, Lord, for some, that's a big ask. Because the hurt is deep. And the pain is awful. And I have brothers and sisters this morning that need a lot of grace. And then, Lord, would you look deep into our hearts and show us where we have been deceitful to others or have shaded the truth or have distorted the truth to our own advantage. And give us the grace to pray prayers of confession. And to repent. And to turn from that way. And to be a community. That is known for telling the truth. And I pray this in Jesus name. been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.